0: I sent out a Facebook earlier today saying, come on in, we're going to be looking at spiritual warfare tonight. Spiritual warfare, how to identify, how to engage, and how to win in the battle. Because whether you admit it or not, whether you recognize it or not, whether you're an ostrich with your head in the sand or not, there's warfare taking place over you. The enemy wants your soul. The enemy wants to destroy your life. The enemy wants to steal from you. The enemy wants to bring brokenness in every area of your life. He doesn't play fair. He's not nice. You cannot negotiate with him. You cannot trust him. He is a liar. No, he's the father of all lies. Liars, I'm telling you, you cannot negotiate with the enemy. And you must understand that to breathe on this side of God's heaven... That you're in spiritual warfare. You're, it, the battle is going on. And some people say, why does good things ha- bad things happen to good people? Because we're in a war zone. And we've got to understand the war zone we're in. If we ignore it and just walk through the war zone, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get taken out. And we need soldiers. We need, to, we, need to, we need to get on the front lines. We need to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it and how, how, how to was do it was beyond your mental capacity. And this is father, my father bringing to us revelation knowledge that we need in order to go into this battlefield. And uh, so this word Christ, if you'll look at the next sc- uh, screen there, it says you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, comes from this uh, Greek word Christos, which means the Messiah or the anointed one, or the one carrying the anointing, or the Messiah they were anticipating was the one who was going to bring the anointing from heaven to earth. They knew all back throughout the Old Testament that we need the anointing, because this is that that anointing is what lifts burdens, and the anointing is what destroys yokes. So if we're going to be freed up, and if we're going to be able to do what we're created to do, we need this anointing. And all through the Old Testament it says that the Son of God would come as a babe and He would come and bring the anointing of heaven to earth. And that's why when Jesus said for us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that that was the language, that was the heartbeat, that was the mindset that we need the anointing of heaven. We need that power that lifts burdens. We need that power that destroys yokes. We need that supernatural power of heaven on earth to contend with the evil powers that are coming against us. And here uh, Simon Peter son of Barjona, he gets this revelation from Father God. And and he points to Jesus and says, you're him. You're the one we've been praying for. You're the ones the prophet spoke of. You're the one that we've been so desiring. You are he. You are it. You've got the anointing. What we see you're doing and what we see that you have performed before us is demonstration of the anointing, this power from heaven that lifts burdens and destroys yokes. So when he says that, uh, Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So then he goes on and Jesus says to him, and I also say to you that you are Peter. That you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now it's unfortunate that a whole movement within um, the, the universal church has taken this and built a, you might would say, a religion upon uh, pun, you might would say. And uh, they built it upon Peter rather than building it upon the Christos, the anointing, the revelation, which is what he says. So he says, I say to you that you are Peter, and specifically in the Greek it says Petros, which means a little stone. See there's a little stone, a little rock laying down here. This is a Petros, and he says you are Petros, But on this Petra, which is the massive boulder stone, uh, stone, I will build my church. So is he building his church on Peter? Or is he building his church on a revelation that Peter received not from flesh and blood, but from our Heavenly Father of the Christos, the anointing? So we see here the enemy wants us to miss it right here. And how many millions of billions have missed it right here? where a church is built on a man rather than the power of the the anointing of, of God. And when it's built upon the power of the anointing of God, Satan knows that anybody understands that when they engage in warfare, the enemy knows he's going to lose. So he's doing everything he can to get our attention off of the anointing and get it on a man. To get it off of the power of God and look at the power of a man. Do you see what I'm saying? And we can't do that. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This isn't a flesh and blood battle, but in the flesh and blood, we have to engage in it because it's a spiritual battle and the spiritual battle has to be engaged from the premise and the foundation of the power of the anointing. Now, that's why you must have a relationship with Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. is not His last name. Christ is not Lambert for him. I'm Timothy Lambert. He is Jesus the Christ. He carried the anointing. He ushered in the anointing. He brought the anointing to us. And as we come into a relationship with him as the son of the living God, our Lord and our Savior, he gives us access to the anointing. And he says, what you've seen me do, you'll be able to do it. You'll even do greater things than you've seen me do when the Holy Spirit has come upon you because it won't be limited to one man. It will be available to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. So we have to understand when we engage in spiritual warfare that we cannot come with our own wisdom, with our own strength, with our own, I've served God 30 years, I've served God 50 years, our own history, we must engage in the battle of spiritual warfare on the premise and the foundation and the power and the authority of the anointing of, of God Himself, the, Christ, the Christos, and that's where the power is. It is the anointing that lifts the burden. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Do we get that? So we need to embrace the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to walk in the anointing. We need to study the anointing. We need to learn how to carry the anointing. We must learn what quenches the anointing. What hinders the anointing? Because the anointing has to be the foundation. It has to be the pillar. It has to be the valtera. The, the it has to be the rock that we build our lives upon because Jesus goes on to say, I will build my church. On this, I will build my church. He is building His church on the anointing. So if you're afraid of the anointing of God, but yet you think you're in a church, you're really in a religious playhouse, that really has a lot of maybe things that look like bells and whistles of a church, but it truly doesn't have the power. You have a form, but you've denied the power. There's a form of godliness, the Bible says, but you can deny the power. Our power source is the anointing. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing, the power that came on the day of Pentecost when Jesus says, tarry until you receive power. You're going to receive power. John the Baptist says Jesus is going to baptize you with power and with fire. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Come on now. We've got to be a church and we've got to be an individual that understands in order to engage in spiritual warfare, we have to be built upon the anointing. We must be tapped into the power. We must be a a, a reservoir of, of the anointing and the power of God not only to hold in us but to flow through us as needed in the spiritual warfare. He said, I will build my church. Now, now, let me tell you, people say, well, the church is going to be one day no more. Uh, we've heard this from, from uh, communist dictators of, of, of many years ago saying within a 100 years, there'd be no church. Within this amount of time, nobody would ever go to church. Well, let me tell you what. I laugh when I hear that. Now, because Jesus says, I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, which means he's coming back for his church. He's coming back for a glorious church. That means there's going to be some somebody here. There's going to be some church here. So there's always going to be the church. There's going to be a remnant of the church. Now we choose whether we want to be a part of the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ or we just want to pray, play religious politics here at Christian embassy. I'm not interested in religious politics. That is not something that even comes on my radar. I could care less. It is, we're not trying to impress, to promote. That is just not who we are. We want to understand our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We want to understand our relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We want to understand our relationship with the Spirit of the living God being full of Him full of His power, quenching Him not, uh, squelching Him not, so that God can use us as we serve Him. We're not here to be served. We're here to be servants of the Lord. Come on now. And to be servants of the Lord is to tap into the kingdom where Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest, you must become the, the least. You must serve. And there he is washing feet when nobody else would wash their feet. Uh, he's washing their feet as an example of how the humility and service that comes is how we are to advance the kingdom of God rather than uh, being promoted and and, and puffed up, and, and, and pomp and circumstance of, of personality and all that kind of stuff. You, don't, you understand what I'm saying? Because none of that has power. All of that really serves to divide because as man lifts one up better than seemingly better than the other, it makes the one who has not been lifted up jealous, or it makes him feel inferior, or it makes him feel angry, and it makes the one that's lifted up open up the spirit of pride. And we know what God thinks about pride. Why in the world would we even engage in all of that in the house of God? We're here to be equipped to be saints, amen? And these saints that are, are workers in His kingdom. So we're equipping the saints for the works of service so that we can serve, so that we can advance the kingdom of God coming against opposition because there's genuinely spiritual warfare that has to be engaged. So Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. I want to be a part of what Jesus is building. I had someone, uh, after we first moved into the new building, they say, okay, you got a lot of empty seats now. What's your scheme of filling the seats? And, and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I said, you know, a scheme? I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, you got to have some kind of scheme or something going on that you're going to fill all these seats or, you know, it's going to be a total embarrassment to you. And I said, well, first and foremost, I, I checked my uh, ego at becoming a pastor, you know, because I, I learned there's only room for one king in this kingdom, Okay. <laughs> And so I had, I had to check mine and say, I'm here to serve I, a jester or whatever you want me to be, Lord, I'm here to serve the court. And and we're going to make a, you know, from my understanding, and I told him this, from my understanding, we are a living organism. We're not, we're not an organization, we're a living organism. And when a living organism's healthy, it, it has babies and it reproduces. When something's healthy and this love, it's going to reproduce. And I says, and just like we got one kid at first, thank God we only started with one. Some have started with more than that, but we started with one. Because I, I, I didn't know nothing about changing no diapers. I didn't know anything about all that baby stuff. But I learned, I learned. I tried to be a good daddy and be involved. Then the second one would come. Then the third one would come. By the time the third one would come, the first one, we had him doing what we should have been doing on the third <laughs> one. But that's just how it all works out, praise God. We're training them how to be a good parent. So now the two smaller ones say, "We got three parents." I said, "You got three parents." They just said this recently. I said, "Yeah, your are daddy number one and, and Townsend's daddy number two, and then there's mommy." <laughs> so, uh, so so it worked. It worked. But but uh, so we're going to grow healthy. We're going to grow healthy. We're going to reach out and we're going to bring we're going to bring folks in as the Lord leads us. We're going to bring them in right. Sit and the pastor don't have, you know, the shepherd doesn't birth sheep. Sheep birth sheep. So, but I'm a sheep too, but yet the shepherd. So it's not all on me, it's on us. And as we get healthy and as we get filled with the love of God and we get the knowledge of God, we want to share the love of God and share the knowledge of God with others and bring them in. And, and, and we're gonna, it'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow and we'll be able to handle it and we won't be stressing anybody out. I guarantee the more of you that sign up to serve and get trained to serve, there's going to be a platform set for more people to come. And as you, by faith, do that, you'll see the people start coming. So, So it's a healthy thing. So Jesus is building His church. And we want to be a part of His church growth plan. Amen? And He says, I'll build my church and the gates. The gates. Now, gates are those things which open and close. In like this uh, city wall here has several gates here. And as you approach it, at night, they would have closed these gates. Or if they were under siege, they would close these gates. Because not just anybody could come and go. And if you were locked inside, you couldn't come out. And if you were locked outside, you couldn't get in. When the gates are closed. But he tells us that, the, that Satan and how he comes against us and how he works. He has a, he has a command post center. He has a kingdom set up, and there's gates set there. And these gates can open and they can close. They can let things come in, and they can let things go out. So if He's out to steal, kill, and destroy, and He's taking things, he would bring it in and lock it in uh, there. And if He's wanting to send curses and destruction and, and sickness and disease and infirmity, He could send it out by opening these gates. But here, Jesus says the church that He is building... On this anointing, this Christos, is so powerful that the gates that which open and close, these gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Meaning the church is going to be involved in some activity uh, in this kingdom of of hell, you could say, or the kingdom of Hades, uh, that that Satan thinks he can lock us out, take what he wants and lock it up, or he can open it when he wants and send uh, any evil out and, and, he, and Jesus is saying that's not the case. The church is, has an authority. The church has a power. The church has an ability to come against what comes in and out of hell. Yeah. Now, now this is, is Hades because really and truly hell is not yet, if you get the true uh, uh, understanding of hell, hell is not really populated yet, Okay. Satan and all of his demons and all of those that are in Hades will be one day cast into the eternal abyss, uh, that which is called hell. So that's why it's really called Hades. But, you know, we understand, I think we understand that what we're talking about, and uh, so we don't argue over the semantics of that. So he says that the gates of hell shall not be able to handle. The gates of hell shall not be able to withstand. The gates of hell shall not be able to... Uh, of uh win against the church when the church comes against the gates of hell so we got to understand spiritual warfare because most of us grew up thinking we want to stay as far away from hell as we can right we want to we don't want to engage in hell we don't want we were told not to even say the word hell you know we we just just you know stay away from this thing called hell and here jesus is saying if you understand spiritual warfare, you have to get engaged in the battles that take place at the gates of hell. Because that's where things come and go. And there's some things the enemy has taken that you need to take back. And there's some of the enemy things that the enemy has given you that you need to send back through these open gates, right? So we have to understand in spiritual warfare, we have to be engaged at the gates of hell. Now, where are the gates of hell? or the gates of Hades. Well, Ephesians 6, uh, the Apostle Paul gives us some revelation on that by the Spirit of God, where he says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, heavenly here is the Greek word uh, uranos, which is translated heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So he tells us that our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is not with one another. Your battle is not with your husband. It's not with your wife. It's not with your employer. It's not with your employee. It's not with your child. It is not with uh, that person or persons that are coming against you. He tells us our battle is against these principalities and these powers and these rulers of the darkness of this age, and against these spiritual hosts, these hosts. You know, someone that hosts is usually the one that meets you at the door. You usually meet the door at the host, or you meet the host at the door when you go to someone's house. Well, these hosts are there at the gates, and they oversee the opening and the closing of these gates. And he says that this is their host of wickedness in these Uranus places, in these heavenly places. Now this word uh, uteranos literally comes from the Greek word uh, that means uh, that which is in the air or that which is uh, a power over you or an authority over you. So Satan is trying to exercise power over you, rule over you from the air. It's the same word where Jesus said that the birds of the air come and, and, and they destroy or take and steal the seed of God's Word. When the, He taught about the parable, He said with the fowl of the air, uranos, it's the same word. These authorities of the air that they, 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 they can manipulate and manage very well in the air over you, swoop in and steal the seed, which is the Word of God. So, his uranos is the same word there. So we know that we must understand that the enemy is going to try and trick us. He's a deceiver. He, he deceived Adam and Eve from the very beginning, and he will try and deceive us, so he will always try and bring any battle against us through flesh so that we get engaged in the flesh realm and we never touch him. Do you see what I'm saying? So he's got us fighting figureheads, that we think and we get engaged in and they fight back so these battles go on death and destruction and loss and offense and unforgiveness and all this stuff takes place and the enemy's up here soaring above it and that's why he has authority or power over it the situation because he he's untouchable he's untouchable now how many times do we have to get caught up in this deception before we wake up and realize Fighting flesh to flesh is not going to help us any. It only hurts us. If you fight a person or you fight a disease or you fight poverty or you fight lack or you fight hurt feelings or you fight an offense or you fight whatever it is on the earthly realm in the flesh realm, you're never going to win. There is no anointing. There's no Christos that lifts burdens and destroys yokes for that battle. You have no help from God in that battle. God says, my people are perishing for lack of knowledge. I've showed them, I've told them, I've trained them, I've given them my word, I've given them my spirit. My, the Holy Spirit's convicting them for getting involved in the wrong battles, trying to bring illumination and revelation Uh, for them so that they can get in the right battle. I've got ministers, I've got teachers, I've got the Word. There's teaching on tapes, there's teaching on CDs, there's teachings on the Internet. He said, I've covered the world with the teaching, but until we take it and apply it, it's never going to be effective. So we're constantly fighting poverty, we're fighting loss, we're fighting hurt feelings, we're fighting uh, rejection, we're fighting abandonment, we're fighting all this stuff on a fleshly realm, and you're not getting anywhere. We have to take it up against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness uh, 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 of this age and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in in the heavenly places. We have to do that. If we don't do that, then it's not going to happen. Now you say, what do you mean heavenly place? Well, the Bible tells us right here that Satan's command post center is in a heavenly place. It's in the air over us. Now Paul talks about and John talks about being caught up to a third heaven and when they got there they saw the angels crying holy, holy, holy. They saw the elders and they saw uh, all the saints of old there worshiping around the throne of God. So we know the third heaven is not the heaven we're talking about here. That's God's heaven the streets are paved with gold, the, the gates are pearl, the walls of jasper. You know, all the Bible tells us about heaven and how beautiful and wonderful and perfect it is. That is not where this uh, spiritual host of wickedness is encamped. It, you, they wouldn't fit there at all. So if there's a third heaven, then there has to be a second heaven. So most theologians would agree that that second heaven would be the heaven beyond the heavens that we can see where the literal birds fly and the literal stars fall, that there is a spiritual second heaven that is over us where Satan, who is called the prince of the air, has his command post center, and that's where all of this wickedness and principalities and powers get their instructions, and they come in these gates and through these gates bringing stuff to us and taking stuff from us and carrying them back. So what we have to do is we have to put on the whole armor of God so that we can withstand He said. We've got got to fight. We got to fight we can not just sit back uh, and be ignorant of this. So, so looking at spiritual warfare, going back to Matthew 16, look at verse what, 19. You remember what Jesus had just said. He said, Peter, upon this rock, not you, the pebble, but upon this mountain of a rock of what you've just said of the anointing, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's he's talking about this is the context of this, this verse. So he says, so I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, remember, he's just talking about this heavenly place, this Uranus, where Satan and these principalities and these powers is trying to fight and keep him from going to Jerusalem. So he says there is a war that is trying to keep the will of God from being accomplished. And he says, and I'm going to give these keys, and these keys is a cleis, it means authority. I'm going to give these keys of the kingdom of this heaven, this us, the powers that are above, the powers that are in the air. And I'm going to give them to you. And, 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 and he's talking about this anointing coming to us that He's going to give to us and, and these keys that are going to help us that when we now have to bind things here on earth and they will then be bound in that heaven. So He says bind Dio, which means put under obligation. He says, I'm given all of you who are hearing this and uh, that will come in Christ. That's why Paul, throughout his whole teaching, said we've got to be in Christ. We've got to be in Christ. Because if we're not in Christ, if we're not in the anointing, we don't have the very foundation of the authority and the power and the keys in order to engage in spiritual warfare. The enemy can do with us what he wants if we're not in Christ. But if you're in Christ, let me tell you what, you're in a powerful position because you're attached and you're, you're attained and you have access for the flow through of the anointing by the Spirit of God to engage in this battle. So he says, I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you authority of the kingdom of Uranus, this this heavenly, this wicked heavenly place, so that whatever you bind, Dio, put under obligation, standing right where you're at on earth, I'm going to cause it by my Christos, I'm going to cause it to be affected in that wicked spiritual heavenly place. So if you'll bind, if you'll stand, and that's what Paul was saying about we put on the whole armor of God so we can stand. You stand your ground, and you stand in authority, and you stand in faith. And you, if you'll bind it, if you'll deal, put under obligation. If you'll bind it here where you stand in your realm of influence, he says. You, he said, I'll back it up, and it'll it'll be manifested in this spiritual wicked heaven. And I will give you authority. Here's my translation, okay? By taking these Greek words and the context. This is my, my little Tim Lambert translation. This is TCL, okay? And I will give you authority over all the demonic powers of the air over you and whatever you want to put a stop to, issue the demand here from your earthly stance and it will come under your demand's obligation in the air. And I think that's good. So God, Jesus said, I'm giving you the authority. Now, you're waiting on somebody else. It's not going to happen if you're waiting on somebody else. You've got to take care of your own business, okay? I'm giving you the authority over all the demonic powers of the air that are trying to affect you and whatever you want to put a stop to. If you want to put a stop to it, you've got to issue the demand here from your earthly stance and it will come under your demand's obligation in the air. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you what, that ties right in with uh, uh, Luke 10 and 9. Let me do a comparison of Scriptures. There again, verse 19 of Matthew 16, I will give you authority over all the demonic powers of the air that whatever you bind or want to put a stop to, there's my translation, issue the demand from here, from your earthly stance, and I will come un- it will come under your demands, obligation in the air. That's my translation of it. Now, here's exactly what uh, he says in Luke ten nineteen. Behold, Jesus says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by shall any means hurt you. So he's given us the keys to engage in the spiritual warfare so that we can win every time. So that we don't have to be afraid of the power of the enemy because he has given us the exousia. Now there he's given us authority. See that word authority? It's exousia. And he says, I've given you exousia over all the power, and that power here is dunamis, dynamite. We get our word dynamite. So he says, I've given you not only power, but I've given you authority over all the power. I've given you authority over all the dynamite. The devil's running around with some dynamite and thinks he's big and bad, but you have authority over all the dynamite, and you can say, dud, 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 dud. And, and, and you see what I'm saying? So authority is greater than power. And he's given us authority over all. I read all the power of the enemy and nothing by, by any means shall harm you. So now he tells us we got to do something. I've given these, these keys to you, and, but you got to bind. you got to bind it. If, if something is working and acting and it's not welcome, you put a stop to it. But you gotta, you got to issue the demand. You've got to stand in authority, operate by faith, and release the anointing that's been given to you in Christ on this demand. And you will find that the demand that you declare right where you stand will be backed up by God in this spiritual, wicked, heavenly place. So there's things that the enemy has bound, that he has uh, taken from you. There's things that, uh, that needs to be, that needs to stop. You need to bind some things. I mean, He's doing some stuff in your life that you need to put a stop to. Anybody? Is there anything that you feel that is not healthy and whole and loving and kind and and, and of peace and is of joy and of love and goodness and kindness and, 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 and patience and all that God would say represents characteristics of Him and His Spirit? Is there any of that in your life? Anything at work in your life tonight that you would like to see put a stop to. It's not healthy. You want to see it put a stop to it. There's some cells that are running rogue in your body, you want to see a stop to it. There's some organs that are deteriorating in your body at a, at a rapid pace, and you want to put a stop to it. There's an erosion of your finances, and, and you're always broke, and you're always in lack, and you're always in need, and you want to put a stop to it. You, you, there's something that always comes in and steals your peace, and you're arguing, and you're fighting, and you're always battling, Let me tell you what, and you want to put a stop to it. All of that is works of the spiritual wickedness in high places, it is the works of the enemy things that he's released on you these are things that he's put on you that he is working over you and you can put a stop to it you can put a stop to it but you have to you have to issue the demand you have to issue the decree you have to issue standing on the word of God standing on the, uh, uh, the, in faith that God has given you and you must exercise your authority And then he goes on in verse 19, and he says, And whatever you loose, luo, on earth, will be loosed in heaven. So there's things here, whatever you loose, break, put off, set free from your position of authority, will be released by the demonic powers of the air. So it's saying that the enemies come in and bound some things in your life. He has bound you, he's holding you back. He's taken some stuff from you, and he's holding it hostage. And He's keeping you from promotion and He's keeping you from blessing and He's keeping you from the next level and He's keeping you from your breakthrough. And He's got some things He stole from you and He's got them held hostage behind His gates and they're bound there. And here Jesus says, you've got to loose. You've got to break. You've got to put off. You've got to set free from your position of authority. And if you'll do that, make that decree, it will be released by the demonic powers of the air. You have that authority. Man, this is so good. So we understand that we're not just the the pinball in the pinball machine." that we get bounced around in life wherever and however, whatever we bump up against, it throws us over here, we bump, throws us over here, and that's just life. I've heard people say, my lot in life, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good. Let me tell you what, you have authority, but you have to exercise that authority. And, and this is why we have to understand and study spiritual warfare. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and following, he said, for though we walk in the flesh... Yes, we live, we walk in this flesh. This is what we see. This is what we touch. This is what we feel. He says, but we can't war according to the flesh. You can't can't do, like I said earlier, and be dumbed down to think that the person that offended you or the person you're battling with or the person you're fighting with or the person you're arguing with or the person that you... That's where the battle is. That's the trick of the enemy. So he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So he's telling us this, that if you want to engage one-on-one with flesh and blood, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Because the very weapons that God has prepared for us, we're not prepared to be effective in that realm. So he says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not made for the carnal realm. He says they're not carnal, but mighty in God to what? Pulling down strongholds. Where is that second heaven? It's that air above us that is trying to exercise its power over us, but we have authority that we can reach into that realm and we can pull down strongholds. And we can cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that you and I can bring it down, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Jesus? No. Why? Because Jesus says, "Paul, or Peter what the revelation you just got, that I am the Christ, the anointed one, bringing the anointing. And on this anointing, I'm going to build my church. Here, we can bring everything to the obedience of Christ, the anointing, the power and the authority of God that he has given to us in and through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So here's some weapons of our warfare. And I'll just hit them real quick because you know them. But just so you'll understand, these are the weapons he gave us. He gave us first the word of God. He gave us the Word of God. We've got to superimpose God's thoughts over Satan's thoughts. You grew up, if you grew up outside of church and you grew up outside of studying the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, and and, and feasting on the Word of God, and trusting the Word of God, you're like the majority of us, and you have carnal thoughts. You have vulnerable thoughts that Satan finds easy access. He can hack your thoughts if they're not in the anointing. Covered in the anointing. Do you hear him say it? I believe that's why God gives us through the Holy Spirit this spiritual language that the enemy can't understand and our spirit don't even, I mean, our soulless realm doesn't even understand because he understands the vulnerability of how easy it is for the enemy to hack in to our thoughts and to deposit his junk. Now, an evil thought is something as an attack from the enemy but evil thinking is for you to embrace it and start acting on it. So when the enemy sends you an evil fault, when you're in the Word of God, you say that doesn't line up with the Word of God, and you delete it. You mark it as spam. You send it to the junk file. Okay? Because you recognize that's not, that's not, that's not good. That's not coming in my life. And you cast it down. Right? So we have to superimpose God's Word, and uh, His thoughts over Satan's thoughts, So really, there has to be this retraining of our brains. Do you understand that? That's what I love about the healing school every Tuesday night. The healing school takes you through a a, a retraining of your brain on healing. That healing is in the atonement. That healing, while healing may flow through the hands of a doctor, healing may flow through you getting some better exercise. Healing may flow through you getting some sunshine. Healing may flow through you eating better. Healing can flow supernaturally with a manifest of heaven on earth to where you had no limb, but you have a limb. You were blind, but you can see. You were lame, but you can walk because God is a healer. He's a healer. And we need to understand His healing power and, and that healing is in the atonement so that we can have faith to believe Him and uh, for our healing and then take our stance and do warfare in this heavenly, wicked, heavenly realm and not let the enemy tell us and say, oh, you're just going to be sick, this is the flu season, everybody gets the flu, and you just suck it up, it'll be over in a few days, it's just the way things go. And you're like, no, no, no. It may be flu season for some, and flu, see, the flu virus may even try to get on me, but do you think I'm going to lay down and just let it have its way? Amen. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. That, that, evil, that evil virus is getting out of my bloodstream. It's, whichever way and however it's got to go, amen? So the Word of God. Then another weapon He's given us is the name of Jesus. He's given us a name, a name that is so powerful that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Every knee must bow in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth, and every tongue confess that He is Lord. It is the name above ever, and the all name. There is no other name under heaven given that men might be saved. Sozo means every area of their lives be made whole in the power in it through the power and name of Jesus. You need to pray in the name of Jesus. You need to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. You need to call on the wellness of God in the name of Jesus. You need to release the favor of God on your family and friends in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. The devil knows he's met his match when you come at him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The singularly most powerful thought of God in his Word. The most powerful name that will ever come out of your lips is the name of Jesus, and you need to use His name. He's given you authority to use His name. He's given you permission to use His name. He has commanded you to use His name to fight in this wicked heavenly realm. Another weapon He gave us is the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah! The blood of Jesus! There is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no death, there is no poverty, there is no loss, there is no lack. There is nothing that can stand and flex its muscle in the presence of the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus was sinless. The blood of Jesus is spotless. And the blood of Jesus has no wickedness in it, no sin, no curse in it at all. And everything, every wage of sin that has to try and stand up like death, it has to bow before the blood of Jesus. That's why in Revelation 12 and 11, he says they overcame the dragon. They overcame that red dragon by the what? The blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. Let me tell you what. We've got to understand that we've got the word of God. We've got to understand we've got the name of Jesus. We've got to understand that we have the blood of Jesus. And that we need to engage in this battle. So the real battleground is between your mind and your mouth. That's where the real battleground is. Anything the devil's doing over you. I mean it may be incurable according to man's words. It may be uh, poverty. uh, There's no way to climb out of this poverty for the next 20 years, working 80 hours a day. Uh, 80 hours a day. I want to see somebody do that. Uh, But I'm just saying, it may look physically impossible, but let me tell you what, what the enemy's doing over here really has to be subject to what you do here in your stance if you will win the battle between your mind and your mouth. Between your mind and your mouth. where you'll get it, this is what the word says. I'm taking my stand. I'm coming against every demon spirit and every lie and every attack of the enemy. I'm coming against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over my health, over my family, over my situation. And I bind the working of hell in my family. I bind the working of infirmity in my body. And I lose healing and I lose joy and I lose peace and I lose full reconciliation and whatever you need to lose, you've got to bind and loose when you do it jesus says i back it up the the anointing backs it up but you got to get that from your mind into your mouth you got to use your mouth to release the blessing you got to use your mouth to to release life and not death amen and i believe this really explains why the bible says that praying in the spirit becomes an act of spiritual warfare when you get to the end of the putting all the armor of God on, you know, you've got the sword of the Spirit, you've got the helmet of salvation, you got the breastplate of righteousness, you've got your belt of truth, you've got your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you've got your shield of faith, you got the sword, you got all this stuff. But then he says, praying always in the Spirit. So, so uh, one of our greatest uh, ways of, of, of engaging in this spiritual warfare is praying in the Spirit. I used to come under so much attack uh, before a Wednesday night service or a Sunday morning service. Y'all wouldn't believe it, but I used to be one of the sickliest people. I, I made myself sick. I just look back. I was just so sickly. I made myself sick. You ever get sick of being sick? And then I would get to feeling a little better on Tuesday and think I'm going to win Wednesday. Here it come again. And then I'd get feeling better about Friday and then Saturday attack, the attack would come again. Until I realized this, now I'm filled with the Spirit of God, but I didn't realize praying in the Spirit was one of the uh, ways I can get from my mind to my mouth into the Spirit realm to let the Spirit of God uh, usher in the will of God beyond even what I know the will of God is. So I began praying in the Spirit. Wednesdays, uh, leading up to Wednesdays, I started praying in the Spirit more than I've ever Leading up to Sundays, and some people say, ah, you, you got a PhD, you should be smarter than that. You can go ahead and do it your way if you want. I learned where the power was. Amen. Yes. And it's even coming here tonight. I, it's my regular, I always like to come by myself because I want, even in my travels here, I want to be praying in the Spirit. In my office, I'm praying in the Spirit. Till I walk and meet the first person, I'm praying in the Spirit. Because I'm fighting in a realm that I know that the, the, everything is stacked against me and everything is trying to stop the word of God from going forth. And, and, and I fight in that realm. It is, let me tell you what, and I'm not, some people say, like, I wouldn't say that because, boy, the devil will get you. I'm not afraid of the devil. If I have authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm me, then I, I, I'm not afraid of the devil. But actually, preaching has become so easy. The 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 wellness. I get I get stronger. I get healthier. I get I get more download from heaven. You know, and it's like wow. I used to struggle so hard and 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 to keep a thought. I'd get up here and I've been fighting sickness and I'm trying to keep a thought and and I couldn't and I'd be humming and hawing. And I'd listen back to the back with cassette tapes you and know, I'd listen at it and and I'm mmm and, and, and uh, uh uh and um and uh. And now I can't shut up because it's just flowing. You know, this is like Holy Ghost. It's like, wow, hallelujah, hallelujah. Because the battleground is between your mind and your mouth. And let me tell you what, praying in the spirit will truly, truly help you in that area. I know we got a birthday party to go to, so I'm going to wrap it up with this, spiritual warfare. Here's how you get your mouth at work here. Four things real quick. we got them all four at one time. Through your prayer, through preaching, through testifying, and through praise and worship. That's how we get, the. you might say the Scud missiles are coming in from the enemy and we've got a missile to go in and intercept it and blow it up in the air and keep it from manifesting here on earth. You do that through prayer. That's why we want you to be a part of our 40 days of prayer and fasting, seeking God for the city for 2017. There's power in prayer. You need to be a praying saint. You need to be a praying child of God. You need to be a prayer warrior. Come on now. You need to talk to God. You need to, in prayer, you need to decree and declare the things of God. huh? Hallelujah and then that's where preaching comes in prayers your communication with God every one of you I ordain you right now you want to be a pastor i mean, a preacher I ordain you right now in the name of the Father in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost every one of you a preacher because the word preacher there means a one who proclaims the truth and declares the strong Word of God Hallelujah and that's what you got to do in the spiritual warfare you got to put your foot down and you got you know you don't need to be whining your own song to the devil you need to stand and give Him the Word of God. This is what the Word of God says. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out and I'm not putting up with anything but that kind of blessing. I'm the head and not the tail and above only and not beneath. So I'm not living beneath the blessings. I'm not living beneath my health. I'm not living beneath. No devil, you're not keeping me down in poverty. No, you're not keeping me down in sadness. No, you're not keeping me down in depression. No, you're not keeping me down bound to alcohol and drugs. You're not keeping me down because He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I preach... just proclaim it. You proclaim it. I'm preaching it out that I am free in Jesus' name. Then you got to testify. you got to tell others that Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before other men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. So He wants you to testify. He wants you to tell somebody about how good God is. He wants you to tell somebody that He's a healing God. He wants you to tell somebody that He'll save them, that He'll deliver them, that He'll wash their sins away, that He'll cleanse them, that He'll raise them up. You need to tell somebody there's joy unspeakable and full of glory that their soul can be filled with if they'll bow on their knees and give their heart and their life to Jesus Christ and surrender to him and stop serving the devil and stop serving the flesh I'm telling you you can tell them you got to testify I once was blind but now I see you I once was bound but now I'm free I once was lame but now I can walk you got to testify there's power in us testifying. Hallelujah. And then doing what you're doing right now, praise and worship. Come on, let's stand our feet. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we're not in this battle alone. We thank you, Lord God, that you have got victory. Victory. Victory is mine. Hallelujah. And Lord God, we praise you for it. We praise you that we're coming up. We praise you that we're coming over. We praise you that we're coming out. Hallelujah. We praise you for what you have done. And we praise you for what you're doing now. And we praise you for what you're going to do in the days to come. You're a good, good God. I ascribe glory and I ascribe honor to my healing God, to my deliverance God, to my God of provision, to my God of reconciliation, to my law God of deliverance, to my God of all love and grace and mercy. I worship you and I praise you. When you do that, you're sending in up a missile to intercept the Scud of the devil and to destroy it in that heavenly realm and it will not affect you negatively the authority is yours father we thank you hallelujah we thank you for your word and now pray god that we would take your word and be doers of it in jesus name amen
1: and amen hallelujah